if you don't know where you're going, any road will lead you there. Have you set clear goals for your business? Has your staff done the same? Does your shop really know the direction it's going? On today's program, my friends Fred and Jessica Geswecki share the extraordinary impact that goal setting has had on their business and how they made it happen. It's driving change from ATI. I'm Jeff Berman. This podcast was created to improve our members' experience and further assist with their growth. My hope is that you'll find the stories you hear from fellow shop owners relatable to where you are, where you were, or where you want to be, ultimately inspiring you to take that next necessary step. You'll be hearing how others fought the same fight and what they did to get through it and come out better on the other side. Tune in each month for another inspiring story to drive change in your shop. So I'm here today with Fred and Jessica Guestwicky from Fix It With Fred in Canton, Ohio. So a little background on the two of them. In 1994, Fred chased, let's just say some tail, to Oklahoma City, uh, all the way down from Canton, Ohio, down to Oklahoma City, where he decided he was going to be a mechanic, and he, he went to Jiffy Lube to vacuum cars and be a vacuum technician. And a year later, he was recruited to work as a used car technician at a local Mazda dealership in 1995. Now, that same dealership in 1996 opened up a Hyundai franchise, and he was doing so well over there that they promoted him and had him go over to the Hyundai dealership as a service writer, parts guy, and technician. And they agreed to provide him all the training he needed to be great at all three of these. And boy was he, because he stayed there all the way through 2011 when he decided to leave that tail back there in, in Oklahoma and go all the way back home to Canton, Ohio. 2001, isn't that what I said? No? What did I say? 2011. I screwed that up, gentlemen. It happened. It was 2001 when he did that, correct. Okay, thanks for the correction, sir. I appreciate out, that. So, now, in 2011 uh, is when he left that dealership. So, he's there in Canton. He's back in Canton in 2001. He stayed there for 10 years. And in 2011, decided to open up his own place. Is that right? I got that right. Okay. Uh, and that's when he opened Fix It with Fred. Now, a little backstory. We've got to go backwards a little bit because Jessica, in 2005, she got married to a military man back in her hometown of... Where in Louisiana? Bossier City. Bossier City, Louisiana. Never heard of it. Um, now, this military guy she married, he was originally from Canton and decided he was going to move back home. And so the following year, he moved back. they moved back home, and she started working for the same dealership that Fred worked for. Right. And this is when it all started for them because the following year, they both got divorced, and the two of them... Let's just say they had a shine for each other. In 2009, the two of them got married. And this is what allowed Fred to open up his store. So in 2011, when he decided to go on his own, Jessica was going to be the rock star service writer, and Fred was going to be the rock star mechanic. And off to the races we go. The rest is history. Did I get that somewhat right? It's a dream team, man. Dream team. Yeah, well... I can concur that that's probably true. I know you guys long <laughs> enough that it is it is a dream. It might be a nightmare. I don't know, but it's definitely it's definitely something. Yeah, sure. Okay, 
So that said, before I let uh, uh, Fred and Jessica do their thing, I want to talk a little bit about what they're going to talk about. Uh, I know a lot of you guys have come through the class and you've heard us talk about goals and goal posters. And I think this is something a lot of you struggle with. And Fred's going to tell us something that he did that really helped with that struggle that I'm hoping that everyone listening is going to be able to take a nugget out of. And uh, Jessica is going to help us a little bit when we talk a little bit about service writing. And she's going to talk about um, what they do to help make their service writers the best they can possibly be, which means they have to be at least as good as Jessica. Is that right? Right. right. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> so with that said, welcome to the program, guys. Hey. So happy to have you. Thank you Thanks. for having us. It's fun, man. On a Sunday evening of all times. It's great. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing else fun we do on Sunday evening. You came right off a plane. Threw your luggage in the in the hotel and came right over here to see me. Yep. Amazing. Amazing. I haven't even fed you yet. No. <laughs> no we're starving. No. I look hungry, huh? You, well. <laughs> so, Fred, tell us about this goal thing. I, I can't wait to hear about this. So I went to the owner's class. You get blown away. Um, one of the things you bring back is you got to make a goal poster. So me, Jessica, and the service writer we had at the time, we all go to make our goal posters. And it goes really well, and then I go to the techs, hey guys, need you to make goal posters. And they're like, no, that's a little bit soft for us. We're, we're not, not going to do that, yeah. And I'm like, no, no, look, here's mine. And they're like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. We've got dirt and grease on us. We don't use poster board. So for a minute, I considered like beating them until they did it. But then when they're not bought into the idea, you're not going to get the end result of what you want. So wait a minute, let me just make sure I get this straight. We've got... We've got our manly men, so yes. to speak, right? They're techs. Of course and, they're manly. And, yeah, so we, yeah, we're not going to do any of that crazy stuff. That's, you know, that's for people who use their brains and think about, you know, ah, nah, 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 nah. We're, we're not going to wear a skirt and do that. Is that basically what you're telling me? Poster schmoster. I wonder how many people can relate to that. I'm sure many shop owners have had kickback from their techs mm -hmm. about making gold posters. Cause now, get, get them to do craft time is not so easy. So, so I get that, but you obviously felt this was important. Because you didn't let this go. It was important for me to know what all my employees have for their goals because well, I want to help them accomplish them. Why not just ask them? I want to keep it in their face mm -hmm. every day, all day, every day. Let them see their goals. I have my goal poster in my office. I see it every single day, 100 times a day, so I can remind myself of my goals. So without that, though, if I had walked up to you and I would said, Hey, Fred, you know, tell me some of your goals. Would you have been able to tell me? Yeah, I think that also just asking somebody, hey, what are your goals, and you actually putting them down on paper or, or a, you know, on a poster is completely different. Making so. you think about it. Right. Maybe go back and talk to your spouse Absolutely. about it. You know, do a little research on it. Think about stuff that, you know, your whole life you've been, your bucket list, so to speak, maybe. Yep. Some of that could come in, you know, and I, I think that maybe you didn't even realize it, but maybe at that point you were thinking, you know what, that's important. I know putting my goals on paper helped me. And I wanted them to feel that same thing, where you really have concrete goals that you've chosen. These are the goals that make the cut. This is what I want to tell everybody. This is what I want to accomplish. Do you remember what it was that it, you know, maybe when you went through the class and you heard something that was said or some discussion maybe you had with a client at the lunch break or something? Do you remember what it was that made you think that way? Um, to hear Randy present his goal poster, to hear how he says it, how many times has he done that? Mm -hmm. And it still has meaning. It's not just going through the motions. And I thought, you know, if my goals were on paper, 
I could have that meaning for my goals and I would accomplish them more by seeing them, to keep them in your face, keep your eye on the prize. Got it. And I wanted my techs to have that, definitely. Mm-hmm. And them not say I made them do something soft. That's the other thing is, you know, you don't want to all put your skirts on and make your goalposts right, right, at work, right, you know. Right, So you had a challenge. I had to figure something out. So what'd you do? Well, at our shop, we have BG. A lot of shop owners know with the coins in the cans, and they all have their coins saved out in their toolboxes. So I went to Kmart and got some plastic Tupperware containers, like a two-quart container, and brought them in, brought in glue sticks, newspapers, tool catalogs, all the stuff. And we all sat down and made goal tubs. And the idea was the techs wanted to uh, keep their BG coins in these tubs, so every day when they sell a BG service, they have to go put their coins in their tubs so they see their goals, they have to take the lid off, they have to touch their goals. And they all wanted to keep them on their toolboxes. And I'm like, that's fine. As long as you're giving me your goals, I don't really care. how I, If I can get you guys to buy into this idea, I'm all about it. So we have the day we go to make the gold tubs. Everybody sits down. We go to make them. And they all end up in our dispatch area, in our parts department. No one takes them to their toolbox. So everyone makes their gold tubs. And I stand up and say, here's my gold poster. And I presented my gold poster to everybody. Explained to them, you know, one of the things I want is a Toyota Tundra. I want one of those trucks. They're really expensive. That's on my gold poster. Um, I have productivity goals. I have monetary goals. I have goals of family. All these things. And I explain what each goal is and why I want those goals. And I explain it to each te- to the group. And then each tech takes their turn. And when they go through and explain their goals, it was really, it was empowering to them for them to tell us, even like my one tech's very, very quiet, very introverted. And he told us what his goals were. And by each tech explaining where they wanted to go with life and things they wanted to accomplish, we actually found some ways that we were able to help them. Um, None of my techs have fully accomplished a goal yet, but they're getting towards that. Uh, My master tech, for example, he wants to restore part of his land to a prairie that is the plants that are indigenous to the part of Ohio we're from. So he wants his land to look like it did 200 years ago. I didn't know Ohio had plants. 200 years ago. (laughs) 200 years ago. (laughs) He's got to find some old seeds and grow them. (laughs) So wait a minute. So so is this... uh, This is fascinating. So he... He wants to restore his property mm-hmm. that was his father, grandfather? No, he bought land. He, he, oh, bought, he bought a house okay. in an area where he could get several acres so he could have land. That's one of his things he always wanted was land. So obviously, so he's, he's a nature it. guy. And, yeah, okay. naturist into plants, into he, birds. You didn't know any of this, did you? No, no clue, because he's a man. You know right, what I right, mean? I understand. Yeah. So, my dad... He didn't want the skirt. I is, yeah, he didn't yeah. want to put the skirt on to make the gold poster, but on his gold tub, he has a prairie. And then... My dad grows a lot of plants at his house. Um, he grows a lot of spices. He grows a lot of indigenous plants. He happened to have... Is pot legal there yet? Not yet, I don't think. Not That's too bad because he got plenty of land. Right. <laughs> he could have a side business. So my dad actually was able to help my master tech by having plants that my master tech wanted. I never would have put the two together. I would have seen both of them on a regular basis and never have connected the two people. That's incredible. But because of the gold tub, I was able to help Kevin, my master tech, accomplish closer to his goal of a prairie. He's, we're always driving around looking for plants, and I'll hear the other techs, hey man, there's a pink flower down here on whatever road. Is that an indigenous plant? Oh no, that's such and such plant. He just knows all these plants off the top right, of his head. Right. 
And by keeping them in their face every day, like keep your eye on the prize, all of my techs have added something to their goal poster. After the day we made it, they brought something else in. You know, I forgot to put on this. Bing. Right. So it's an active goal poster or active goal tub. That way you don't just make your goal poster and put it in your closet. You want to keep it in front of you. So you see it all the time so you can accomplish these goals. And I think the goal tubs helps the techs see it on a regular basis. Would you say that the... So this one technician who talked about the plants and the indigenous and, and all that, Kevin, okay. Yep. Would you say that his story then has done something to maybe inspire the rest of the crew in some way to come up with something a, a bit more, a bit deeper, have more meaning than maybe just, I want to get a new Snap-on tool? Um, yeah, I think they all have life goals on there. All of them have given us things like uh, my lube tech, he wants to do an engine. He's a lube tech. He wants to do an engine one day, replace an engine in a car. So he put a picture of an engine. Well, then later he comes up with, I want a Civic Si. That's the car he's always wanted to own. So he has a picture of a Civic Si. You know, just different things come about. And since their goal tubs are right around there, they get to add to it. And by the master tech, you know, giving uh, long-term life goals, it helps everyone know it's okay to have these long-term goals and tell your coworkers about it because they can help you. You know, that's a great point you just made, Fred. I, one of the things that I find so powerful in, in goal setting is that if a lot of times we'll make goals, but we'll either be afraid or, say, embarrassed to share them with other people. And if, if we are embarrassed, then they shouldn't really be a goal. Because yeah, in order for you to accomplish that, it's not something you should hold on your own. If you put it out there for the public, people will help you achieve them. And just a perfect example is what you said about how when you saw what you saw with the plants and you know what your dad, I mean, you're able to put them together. He never would have had that opportunity without it. And who knows how much help that's bringing your dad as well. You know, that's huge. You know, and, and in a previous podcast, um, I talked with uh, Ryan Coonley. I don't know if you'd heard that one, but he talked about a customer of his who is a diehard Tennessee Titans fan. And he happened to realize like a year or so later that he knows someone who's an ex-Tennessee Titans player. So he had gone up to this person one day, they were talking, and he's a friend of his. And he said, hey, you know, do you mind signing a picture to whatever his customer's name was, such and such? And he said, sure. And he grabbed the picture when he was playing, and he signed in his name. He's probably got boxes of them, right? And he gave it to, to Ryan. And Ryan gave it to his customer. That never would have happened had he not known that he was a Tennessee Titans fan. Now, awesome. now, it wasn't necessarily a goal, but it, it proves my point about when you make it public, people help. And I think with goals, it's so, so important to put it up there for everybody to see and not be embarrassed, not see it as a you know girly thing or whatever we're calling it here today. But that's a great, great point. Really, really great point. Yeah, I think it... Like for me, I didn't have to do anything. All I had to do was connect my dad and one of my techs. And mm -hmm. they're both happier because of it. Mm -hmm. And it didn't take like this extraordinary amount of effort on my part. No. It was nothing. There was no work. All you had to do was know. That's all I That's had it. to do was listen and know and then do one action. And it made everyone's life a little better. Do in you that see scenario. any impact from this particular technician as a result? I mean... You know, is he closer to you as a company? Oh, or? absolutely. I mean, I think everybody in general, I mean, being that we're, you know, 
Fred and myself included, there's there's only five of us, and I mean we're talking about you know Kevin, but I mean being that we're a small group doing these gold tubs and our and our posters, yeah we talk every day you know, but I think that everybody since we got to do these we got to know everybody on a on a on a different level right. you know right. what I mean you know like would we yeah we would have learned that Kevin knew, you know, about, you know, nature and things like that. But would, it, would we have known that he wanted to do that? Or would we have known that Sean really wanted to, that his goal was to replace an engine? I mean, yeah, maybe eventually. But, right. you know, would we have known, you know, uh, one of our other employees, you know, would have really wanted, you know, something else or something personal about them, you know, yeah. because, you know, again, telling somebody a goal and putting it out there, you know, where you can sit down and actually think about it, you know, that those are two different things. I think you, you, you get to know somebody on a, on, a, on a different level when you actually get to sit down and think about what are my goals and what are, what am I striving for? You know, you get to know, you know, you get to know people differently. It sounds like maybe they were a bit embarrassed in the beginning, but now they're definitely more open to it. I think that helps when you're building a team. You know, you have to add team members to build your work family. And to help get that family closer together, it really, really helps when everyone gets to share their goals. It really helps speed that process to where you get to that point where we've worked together for five years. We've worked together for ten years. You know, known somebody forever. Um, Kevin's been with me a little over a year. That's it. And I'm very far along the bonding process because we've got to share a lot of real life things that we've accomplished and want to accomplish. Really helps, you know, and when you care, because most shop owners genuinely care about their employees. They certainly do. They just don't do enough to show it. Yeah, what better way to show it than find Mm -hmm. out what that person wants to accomplish. And then if you can help them, help them. If you know someone that can help them, get them lined up with that person. Do whatever you can. And I'm sure most shop owners would do that if you can get your employees to tell you what they want to do. So for anyone that maybe had gone through the class or learned in some way, maybe some other way, about the importance of setting goals, maybe even setting a goal poster, um, and they thought, because let's face it, most people that we're talking to, business owner or not, was a mechanic at some point, right? Maybe still is. So these guys that were thinking it was a little stupid, a lot of times the shop owners coming through the class are thinking the same thing. So for those people listening, whether it's a poster or a tub or whatever, would you say, Fred, that, and Jessica for that matter, would you say that setting goals has been a crucial part of your business growth? I want to add it to our handbook. Absolutely. I, I want that to be a requirement after a certain, you know, probationary period where you make your goals public to us because we're going to give you ours. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see any reason that shouldn't be a requirement. What happens with new hires? How do we handle that? What do we say? Kind of a probationary period, an onboarding process, you know, all those things. Um, but once they end their probationary period and become a regular employee, that's where things like that would come in. You know, benefits kick in and you become a more integral part of the team by sharing your life. When do you start talking about goals? Probably, oh, start talking day one. So they know they're going to have to set some goals. Oh, yeah. So you don't by the time them. probation's over, if you're a full-time employee, Tell them during you an interview. Goals. If it's somebody that doesn't want to play by your rules, you might as well weed them out mm-hmm. that early. And they've seen the goal tubs. They're right? in the office they're interviewing in. Yeah. They see the goal posters in the office of David interview. They see the coins going in the tub. Yeah. So the, the culture is clear 
right? Very much so. Love it, love it. Is there anything you can tell me that um, if you can go back to maybe your previous life through all these Mazda dealers mm-hmm. and, and all over, when, whether you were in Ohio or wherever you were, or no, I'm sorry, Oklahoma mm-hmm. or whatever you were, um, you didn't have that, I'm assuming, at the no. dealerships. No. What was different? What was different about the culture? It was like uh, working on your own, even though you worked around people. You were in your own little world, especially at the Hyundai dealer. I was the tech, the writer, and the parts guy. So there was salespeople. How the hell did you do that, by the way? You just just keep moving, man. You stayed (laughs) real, real busy. And I think that job helped prepare me for opening a shop so much to see the You had all those balls in the air, I bet. Oh, man. But, you know, I was at work with the same people every day. I had no clue what those people had going on. No clue. And they had no clue what I had going on. But we were in doing our jobs. So I think the big... So wait a minute. So you're bringing a whole new dynamic to this now. It's not just how the staff is becoming connected to the shop. It's how they're becoming connected with each other, too. Oh, I hadn't even considered that. That's awesome. That's a huge thing. Yeah. If, if for some reason something were to happen to my shop, a meteor lands in Canton, Ohio, and takes out Fix It with Fred, we made national news one day. Yay. The next day, the five of us are going to get together and figure out what we're going to do because we're going to do it together, regardless of what that is. We're going to do it together because we've built a team. We've built a culture. We've built uh, a brand. And we want to keep that going and find the right people to add to it, whether those people are customers, whether they're employees, whatever it is. We just want to add to what we're building. Do you find yourself often talking about some new initiative or something you want to change in your business and relating that to getting them to achieve their goal? Meaning, look, this is something that is going to help you get closer to whatever it is, the engine or the... Oh, or whatever. yeah, all the time. The, uh, the plants. Our lube tech, he's done two timing belts now. He just did one last week, and he's getting closer to being ready to do an engine. That's something he wants to work his way up to. He's in college. Um, we just try and point out when things are getting you towards your end goal. Um, you just kind of say, hey, you're getting closer to, to getting your prairie going, or the same guy with the prairie wants to build a pole building. And we were just talking about it last week, how he's talking about what size he's getting close to doing that. So, I mean, keeping the eye on the prize is definitely helping him knock it out. I want him to all replace everything on their goal poster um, or goal tub, whichever kind of employee you are. Uh, you know, every five years, every 10 years, get it all done. Get new goals. Let's get everything on there handled. So this lube guy obviously wants to be a, you know, I don't know if he's, he's, a doing, superhero. he's doing A-Tech, but certainly he wants to be the best tech he can be, right? He wants to be a superhero. And that's clearly a goal of his, which you may have known, but maybe not quite in the way that you know now. Does that maybe change how we think of nurturing and growing this individual, the training that we provide, and and the maybe the speed in which he's grown as a result? Well, in the rewards, like, um, like a master tech doesn't have dollar signs on his goal time. Money is the side... Uh, is a a side effect of a lot of different successes. So if you have an employee that their goal is own a big pile of money, well then you can reward them with money and they'll love it. But if you have somebody that doesn't care about money, you can throw money at them all you want. Mm -hmm. So when you build reward systems in, um, you can use their goals to know what kind of things motivate them. So you can kind of keep the carrot in front of them a little bit better and give them the pat on the back they want once they've accomplished things. You even set up smaller goals to get them towards their end goal, you know? So then let me ask you this question, because what you just said is also very interesting. How many people would you 
say to yourself that you thought, you know what, money is what really motivates him. And then you saw their gold tub and saw, wow, it's not money at all. Has that happened? I had an employee that was the opposite. I didn't think money was a motivator. And when I saw their gold poster, I said, whoa, everything is money-based. Wow. We were very surprised. That actually opened our eyes tremendously because everything that had been said up to that point was just success and different uh, motivators, recognition. And then when Gold Poster Time came, I said, whoa, that's all dollar signs. Everything was... That's uh, interesting. I would have thought it would have gone the other way. And that changed our way of rewarding, you know, Uh because if you reward somebody with recognition and they're money motivated, they want that paddle. Most people really aren't money motivated, though. That's why I thought it would go the other way. But that's interesting, though. Whichever way it goes, you still need to know. Yeah, and reviewing those goal posters, even if it's just in conversation, not right by them, you know, review a topic off of their goals periodically to keep it in their mind so that they get those things accomplished. Then when they get them done, keep it in their mind. Tell them, aren't you glad you got that done? That's awesome. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to not revisit a success. Right, right. And it makes it easy to do because... You've got their goals. And it's right in, we put our goal tubs right in our parts department on their dispatch board. I bet you I walk by them 100 times a day. I bet they walk by them 100 times a day and just grab it and move it a little bit so it doesn't right. blend in in plain sight. Right. You know, it's it's a nice little trick. Hey, what a great idea, these tubs. How, how big are they again? They're a two-quart uh, Rubbermaid container, uh, kind of like... Like the size of like one of those giant mayonnaise containers, something like, like that? It's like the size of those little... Those Pretzel. peanut butter filled pretzels. Oh, yeah, okay. It's like Cheese a, balls or pretzels. Yeah, but a yeah, smaller gotcha. one of that. Yeah, and I it's gotcha. got a big lid, like a five-inch lid. So, I mean, potentially when the BG guy comes in, they pull their lid off, they pour the coins, and the first time the BG guy saw it, what are those? Oh, those are our goal tubs. And then they presented their goals to the BG guy. Uh-huh. They end up telling even more people about it. And, you know, customers that do a shop tour ask, and I tell them it's a goal tub. If you want to ask the technician, you can ask them. It's not my goals to share. Right. And that even helps, you know, where your customers see. Even your, more people get involved. Who knows what you might come out You might accomplish all of them. You never know. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. That's incredible. So they are out where everybody can see them. Mm-hmm. So is our goal posters. Mm-hmm. That's Why awesome. hide them? You're not going to get them done. No. You, well, that's the whole right? point. I think that, I think... People think, oh, I know my goals, right? I got them in my head. I know what they are. Well, good luck accomplishing them because it doesn't work that way. Great stuff, Fred. Thanks, and Jessica. Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that. All right, let's flip to the second topic we want to talk about, which is the behind-the-scenes work we do, okay. which I'm, I'm asking you to talk about this briefly because it is so important. I think people, for whatever reason, feel like, we don't have to practice and that it's okay to just go out and stand in front of a customer and say whatever we're going to say and talk about maybe doing it differently but never really practice it so you guys seem to be working hard at practice so if you could just share with us a little bit about what you're doing sure um so we recently uh, moved our master tech up to uh, a service writer position and a different one not the one with the gold tub. Right, not the not the one with the gold tub. Uh, and he has no service writer experience whatsoever, and he was getting, you know, kind of, I don't know, I, I guess the word deflated was the word I would use. Wait, he had no experience? I thought he did this before. No, he's had sales experience. Oh, sales no, experience, right, But okay. no writer experience. Got but it, I was like, it. dude, you don't need 
writer experience at all. You actually don't really need sales experience. You know, you've got to just have a personality. You know, right. I said, you know, I started as a writer. I was a receptionist first, and I kind of fell into writing on accident. You know, and so what we were doing, how we, I'll do, I'll do this briefly. How we, after we've, you know, present before we present the RO to the customer, you know, we have our three pile estimate. You know, right. we have what it's there for. You know, the red, and then of course the maintenance, and then you know he would get this. RO, you know, estimate, it's three grand, and he's in shock, and he's like, I can't present that. And I'm right. like, okay, first off, it's not your three grand. Right. It's not your car. You didn't break it. And he's like, I know, but it's it's three grand. It's three grand. And I'm like, <sighs> <laughs> They're going to hear that in your voice when you talk to them. Stop. we got to get yeah. this out of you, man. You know, so yeah. Yeah. I did this with him for a really long time. You know, not a really long time. He's only been doing this for a few months. But I was like, you have to get that off your face. You have to get that out of your voice. They're going to hear it. And I was like, you need to smile every single time you answer that phone, every time you're calling them. Because if you're not smiling, they hear it. What and better way to get it out of them than to let them talk it out? You know, so guess what we're going to do? You're going to sell it to me. Before every single time you call that customer, you're selling it to me. And so that's how we started doing it. And I said, but you're going to get out of your head that it's $3,000. It's what that car needs. It's not your car. It's not your checkbook. Wow. That's and, incredible. And he's like, okay, but and it's not your car. It's not your checkbook. You didn't break it. So what what can you say happened in the last couple of months? What what's the evolution of this? And tried and true, it's exactly what you're describing. We have a regular customer, two hundred thousand mile Ranger. Yes, there's a Ranger with two hundred thousand miles because she's been coming to us <laughs> since she bought it, listening to what we tell her to do. Unfortunately, came in, towed in with a bad alternator and a whole front end, and it was a front end we've been watching for a year to make because boots were starting to tear, and she knew it was coming up, so she needs three grand. And when he went to practice his sales presentation on me, he got done. And I said, I would not buy that from you because you are so sad, man. And he ended up practicing it over and over until he got it. And then he called the customer and she wasn't happy. Like, what? I'm bringing you $3,000. wasn't that, but she knew. Right. And he reinforced, you know, you got 200,000 miles because we've worked with you to keep your truck good. And now all you need is three grand and your truck will be back good again. And she got it, and she was cool. And that pra- I know that if we didn't practice, we would have either lost the customer, upset the customer, knock out the sales. So many bad things would have come from that. And instead, this customer that's loyal is still loyal, still has a nice vehicle. The employee's not deflated. Just by practicing, we avoided a bunch of catastrophes. And that just concreted in that we're doing the right thing by practicing. How many times did you go over that with him before you let him sell it? Start to finish, all the way to the end, three. Three times. And there were some partials where he stopped because he could yeah. just feel it wasn't happening. So did three times and, and several half-ass times, right? How, how much time do you think I took? Oh, 30, 40 minutes. So you spent, we'll say, better than a half hour practicing before he made that sale. Now, I asked that question because... Many people listening are shaking their head going, that's crazy. Who's going to spend Waste 30 minutes right. right, spending the time to go through this? And hell, I'd have just taken a ticket and done it myself and gotten through it. Or I would have just let them do it or figure it out. So to those people, 
What do you have to say? Well, he'll never learn. I mean, what, why take it away from him? I mean... That's 30 minutes, though. You do that times 10 cars. Mm -hmm. That's... How do you get through your day? I mean, he's only writing six a day. Okay, six cars. So, so that's three hours. Yeah. I mean, if we were going to do that, I mean, you're not spending that on every car. I get that. No. But it could 15 be. 15 minutes a car. He's spending 15 minutes a car practicing. So, so say it's an hour to an hour and a half or so a day. Yeah. That's a lot of time. It is. You're right. Or he could have just fumbled his way through it and not gotten the sale. Aha. Uh -huh. Would you prefer? Or I could have done it myself, you know, done his job, taken myself away from my job, you know, then why would I have hired him? You know, I no. see this happen a lot, and it's not just in sales, it's in everything, right? You know, whether it's a production issue, I'll fix the car, right? Or, or whatever's going on, we tend to focus on what's happening in front of us and not the bigger picture. And even though you are focusing on the sale in front of you, it really is more about the bigger picture. Absolutely. Because what he learns today, he will be able to use... For the future. Practicing has launched him ahead Absolutely. on the and learning curve. And taking the time to slow down a little bit now to learn the right ways to do it can do nothing but benefit you later. Oh, yeah. And that that's really the point that I want to get across is that, you know, if you don't invest in your people, you will not get a return on that investment. And it's clear you're getting a huge return. And, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because... I'm usually the skeptic when it comes to taking a mechanic and making him a salesperson because usually that doesn't work out too well. Personalities are completely different. They're very different. Mm -hmm. But you recognize that this person had some sales experience before that, and that really was his passion from the way it sounds, wasn't it? That's oh, why he, he quit being a waiter because they offered him a manager position. He's like, mm, no, I'm going to go work on cars. Got it. And then that's what launched him into his car career, and then it started to bore him fixing cars, and now that he's doing sales, he's got a fire under him that's amazing, amazing, more than I've ever seen out of him. Any chance that the goals had anything to do with figuring this out? I'm curious. His goals are a little more personal. Um, they rip your heart out. Than, than the other guys. Um, but I think once, I mean, I think he does have some other goals too, but he has some pretty personal goals that uh, that he he's really focused on right now. But I, I, but I think he does have some of those other goals in there that would definitely, that are definitely driving him too. I think when everyone shares their goals, even if it was me sharing my goals, it all helps. It helps everybody. Because when we did Gold Tubs, our writer was a tech. Right. He wasn't a writer. Right. He had a gold tub and everything. Right. right. And now he's a writer. But nothing changed. When it came time and he volunteered or we discussed becoming the service writer, we involved everybody in the meeting and everyone decided this is the best thing. Even though it's going to be really hard for all of us to take our foreman out of the shop and scoot him up to the service writer and then the other master tech become the foreman and the loop tech everybody's got to step up we decided as a team to do it and that helps everyone with their goals this all goes back to your goals i really really feel that the goals of the shop your individual goals just that communication about your goals helps because when i bring them up here's what i want with the shop we don't have a writer i need one and he did he step up and say i want that position 
Yeah. Is that how that works? Yeah, he mm-hmm. said, I'll do it. And I well, said, I'll do it or I want to do it. That's different. Uh, he wanted to do it. Uh, actually, how this, how this worked was a year ago, it was my idea. I said, hey, Fred, I think John should be the writer. <laughs> and he said, no. And I said, I think he'd be a really good writer. And he's like, uh, no. Notice I'm not correcting her. <laughs> I'm just trying to point out. I'm just listening. We, we know you're married. It's all good. <laughs> this is a history lesson for all of us. And, you know, we come, what, a year and two months now, and John's the writer. So, you know, after John and I talk. Jessica, yeah. you were right. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Jeff. That made that a lot less painful. <laughs> okay. So I think it's interesting. I didn't even realize that the practice would actually come back to the goal tubs, but it, I think it really the goals did. Are part of everything, man. I think if you don't have goal poster, I think it's a bad idea to not have your goals down on paper. And if you don't share your goals with your team, how are you going to expect them to help you? I mean, whether they're just helping by coming in and doing their job, and that gives you the revenue to produce your goals, whatever it is. Everybody's got to have a higher purpose. And I think in some way this helped you guys all figure out what that higher purpose is. Mm-hmm. So with that said, we are out of time. Um, I want to thank you both for coming in and sharing Thanks, this Jeff. tremendous thank story you. with us. And uh, maybe sometime soon we'll have one or both of you back. Maybe. We'll be back here just not recording with you. Yeah. Well, that was mean. No. <laughs> we'll come listen to you in class. <laughs> teacher guy. All right, well, with that, we're going to say goodbye. (laughs) Bye-bye. Okay, everyone, sharpen your pencils. It's time for reflection. You know, for me, in a lot of ways, this podcast was more about missed opportunities. You know, when Fred and Jessica talked about goal setting and, and the idea of using these goal tubs and and bringing in BG coins and so forth, it really has occurred to me as I've reflected on that, that not setting goals is missing opportunities. All the things that came from this and and, uh, the the whole thing with uh, the technician that uh, was was focused on nature and plants and, and none of that would have come to fruition without the conversation. It would have been a missed opportunity how the, 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 the company itself and the, the culture has started to evolve from this would have been a missed opportunity. The idea that uh, this lube tech wants to you know, build an engine, replace an engine, you know, it shows that he really wants to be a mechanic and all that came into that missed opportunity. The, the things that happened with uh, the new salesperson that came out of the back, again, missed opportunity. And a lot of this has to do with sales goals. Uh, or goals in general, and and they didn't miss these opportunities because of the goals. I think that was a, a just kind of something that that hit me as I was listening, and and I wanted to share that with everyone today because I don't know that it hit everyone. Um, I, I hope you saw that when he talked about these BG coins, that this really was something that they already enjoyed, and he took something that they liked and and felt connected to and connected the goals to it, figured out a way to make those one, which is how he went from them thinking it was a sissy thing into seeing it had value. 
So beyond that, let's talk about a few other things that I think are important to note about goals and, and what was shared. Fred and Jessica both talked about how the goal setting is introduced to the employee early in the hiring process. I think that's really important. I don't know that we think about that. Is it really that important at that time? And it's something we spring on them later. I think knowing all this up front makes the transition easier and makes it uh, easy to, to embrace that new idea because that's just how it is here. That's how it is when I started. I think that's true of a lot of things, but certainly of goals. Um, also, I wanted to point out that is it is it true that what we think about that they want, or if we have some idea of what it is their goals are, maybe we're not so right about that. That you know, maybe we don't we assume a little too much. And I think that uh, Fred and Jessica articulated very well how it was not smart to assume with the scenario they gave us where they thought someone wasn't money motivated and it turns out that they are. And I think that it was really important to note that the company itself, the people that set these goals, how when the BG guy came and they talked about it and, and other customers were there and they talked about it and who knows who else they may have talked to about it, they become something they're very proud of. And, you know, where they might have been a little more reserved with these things, now they're more outwardly discussing them. And, and when they are that active in our lives, whether when we see them a lot, when we reflect on them a lot, when we interact with them a lot, when we talk about them a lot, then they become more likely to happen. They're, they're top of mind. They're, everyone's involved. So I, I really, really appreciate everything that they said. It was, a, it was an incredible story and a great podcast. At the end here, uh, Jessica talked a little bit about her practice thing, and there was something that, that was said there that I think was very pertinent to repeat. Practicing avoids a bunch of catastrophes. I wonder if you really think about that, how true that statement really is. You know, if, if, you, if you practice your craft and you get good at it, you can avoid a lot of catastrophes. That's really what sports is. That's what, that's what we do. And unfortunately, we see practice as a time waster, not a time saver. And I think that's because we focus too much on what's happening in front of us and not the effects of what's happening in front of us, how that impacts all the things that happen thereafter, that ripple effect. So if you find yourself jumping in to save the sale, I hope you realize that you'll always be jumping in to save the sale. But if you take a little time to have them learn how to do it themselves, now you've trained yourself out of that position and you don't have to do it any longer. Now that's not to say that it won't have to happen more, you know, two, three, four, five, six times before it's really ingrained. And it's not to say that, you know, 30 minutes here or there isn't hard. I get it. But if you really want to make a change, you got to stop doing it. You got to figure out a way to get them to do it. And we got to stop practicing when it's costing us money. We do it behind the scenes and then let them try. Let them get involved with a little bit more structure, a little bit more tools in their toolbox, a fresh feel of the approach and setting up them to succeed, not to fail. 
You have been listening to Driving Change from ATI. If you liked what you've heard today and feel you have something compelling to share with your fellow shop owners, we're waiting to hear from you. You can contact me, Jeff Berman, by emailing podcast at autotraining.net. Let me know what it is you can't wait to share and how I can reach you. Make sure you follow this podcast so you're notified when the next podcast is available. If you're unfamiliar with ATI and you want to learn more, you can check us out online at autotraining.net. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.